Just how good is the Iowa basketball resume as we look forward to the NCAA tournament? We break it down. Some potential rule changes in college football for next year. How would it impact the Iowa Hawkeyes plus a top 10 showdown in the women's hoops? All today on Locked on Hawkeyes. Our Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back once again. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. You can find us, of course, on any podcast uh, channel you're looking for out there. Stitcher, Google, Apple, on and on and on. We're there, Spotify, and you can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. As we talk here today, getting ready for... Iowa basketball on Wednesday. They face off against Wisconsin. We'll continue to dive into the game. Just a huge road matchup for this Hawkeye team as they try to get ready for things. Obviously, turn it around after the, at times, pitiful performance against Northwestern. Giving up wide open threes. The defense, again, is a problem. And that's, in fact, where I want to start today. We're going to talk about their resume and just how good it is and how good a shape the Hawkeyes are at this point in time. But Looking at the defense and the defensive numbers for this Iowa team, Iowa right now, when you look at where they are on the defensive side, they rank currently in the country in defensive efficiency at Ken Pomeroy, 154th. Well, this is the worst defense a year since 2018. They were 242nd this year. This is one of Fran McCaffrey's worst defensive teams of his career. And it's kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, you thought Jordan Bohannon, Bohannon departing never known as a plus defender, that you're going to see some kind of uptick. The numbers haven't borne that out. And though Aaron Euless at times has been okay on the ball, he's not a plus defender back there. Tony Perkins, he can get steals, but not a plus defender. And then you go deeper into this team. They have some warts on that end. And when the shots aren't falling, and we saw that happen obviously again in the matchup against Northwestern over the weekend. When the shots aren't falling, it gets quickly in a hurry for this team. I mean, you go through and you look at now what they've done in true road environments this season. The win against Seton Hall, that was nice. Seton Hall, they're 16 and 12. They're not very good. After that, the next time that they went to a true road environment, they got clobbered by a bad Nebraska team. And then got down 20 against Penn State. Came back late, but still you're down 20 in that game. Win against Rutgers is great. That was wonderful. That was a good one. Second half collapse against Ohio State. Michigan State, you let one slip away there. Didn't shoot it very well. Same with Purdue. And then Northwestern. I mean, Frankly, outside of the Seton Hall and the Minnesota games, there isn't a whole lot there on the road. Here's the good news, though. Yes, you got to figure out a way. You're not going to be playing any games in Carver. It's not women's basketball where the first and second round are going to be in your home gym if you get a top four seed. It's not the way it is. So what we need to see out of this Iowa team is them showing an ability to be able to go out there and actually hit some shots when they're not in their home gym. Well, that starts tomorrow against Wisconsin. The Badgers... This is not a vintage Wisconsin team. They are sitting at 15 and 11. They are desperate. They had a great opportunity on Saturday at home against Rutgers. They couldn't get it done there. This will be their third straight home game. They escaped against Michigan last week. They're not very good, though. Let's be honest. This is not a good Wisconsin team. This is not what we're expecting. 
Are they going to guard you? Yes, they're going to guard you. They're 29th in defense in the country right now. They're going to do all those things. Tyler Wall, when he's healthy, they are a different team. They're a much better team. But even since he's come back, you know, I thought that that was going to be – they had a three-game losing streak when he wasn't out there. And when Wall wasn't out there, okay, they're not a very good team, but he's going to come back. Well, since he's come back, they've still lost six games. Since he's come back off that injury, they're just four and six. Iowa came back late in that game against them earlier this season, had a chance, obviously, to win that game, got it to overtime with that great flurry in the final minute. Well, Tyler Wall was the difference. Here's what Wall's done, though, over the last, what, eight games, 7.6.6, had 16 against Penn State. That was one of their wins, 5, 5, and 9. He's not playing well. So that is a number one. Tyler Wall, defend him, and he got a chance. But Let's go back to big picture. We'll, we'll talk more about the Wisconsin game tomorrow and, and preview that a little bit deeper. So it is this matchup against Wisconsin, followed by Michigan State back at home, Indiana on the road. That's going to be tough. And then home for Nebraska. Nebraska's playing a lot better too. So we have all these kind of things working together, all these things happening together. And the question is, well, what can I for Iowa afford to do? You know, how, how ugly can it get before – Maybe we start to hit that panic button a little bit, right? So here is their resume. And this is uh, the team sheet that they get. All the committee members will get. This is the way that it's set up. First of all, at the top, it has the net, what their net ranking is. 42, pretty good. Record, 17 to 10 right now. Uh, strength of schedule, 22nd in strength of schedule. Non-conference, 131. Not a big dig there. Not a huge deal. Here's the biggest thing that they have. Seven quad one victories. Fifth most in the country. That is going to be a huge, huge feather in their cap. Remember last year, it took all the way until what that Ohio State game that was end of January, maybe it was even early February before they finally got a quad one victory. That changed. That, that was February 19th. They got seven of them. That's really good. And of course, Iowa all the way built their way up to a five seed in the run they went on the end of the season. Seven quad one victories, seven and seven overall. You combine that also with the quad two victories, that puts them at 11 and eight against good teams, solid teams overall. The anchor is going to be Eastern Illinois, keeps their metric numbers down. But also, in that game, they played not just without Chris Murray, but also Connor McCaffrey. And have we seen, he is such an important piece. At that time, you know, even going into that game against Eastern Illinois, well, first, Iowa was favored by 32. But secondly, eh, Connor's out, no big deal. He's important. He's really, really important to this team. Not scoring, though, if he can hit an open shot every once in a while, that, that's obviously a help. But the way he can calm things down, you know, early in the Illinois game, he kept saying, get the ball to Tony Perkins. Then he'd do it. And the assist he had in the Ohio State game with the 13, he just, he's such a smitty player. And you need those glue guys out there. And they played that game without him. Now, is that going to weigh in the selection committee's mind? You know, if I was right on the fringe, and that's what they are right now. So uh, Shelby Mast, he joins us from USA Today on my radio show. You can catch on KXNO here in Des Moines and across all the state in the country on the iHeartMedia app. Just search 106.3 KX and know it'll pop up there. But we're on from 11 to 1. And Shelby joins us every week. He is the USA Today correspondent, does their bracketology there. You pick up a USA Today or on any of the newspapers owned by the Gannett Corporation, uh, you'll see his bracket in there. And Shelby going into action here on Tuesday. He has Iowa on his seed list as the best seven seed. The best seven seed. I mean, th this team could still move up. I think the sixth seed is the sweet spot, right? Now, you're going to play an 11. 
you're going to either play a team that just got into the tournament or even won their way in by playing in Dayton and getting into the main bracket, the 64-team bracket by doing that. That's what you're going to have there. We've seen some momentum that's been able to build from teams. Of course, VCU made a run all the way there. Uh, we saw after Tennessee beat Iowa, they advanced down to the Sweet 16. We've seen it happen plenty of times before. But we're talking about most advantageous path to get to the second weekend for Iowa. And that six seed, playing a three. Look at the three seed list right now. I mean, there, there are some teams with some warts. Tennessee, not very good offensively. They'll, they will grind the heck out of you. But they can't score. Virginia, same kind of thing. Iowa State, same kind of thing. And Kansas State, those are the three seeds right now in Shelby's bracket. And we're talking about teams that have warts. Kansas State's a two-player team. That's, that's what you're looking at in the round of 32. Got to get there. I get all that. Last year, the path was set up perfectly. But the resume is good. Even if Iowa collapses here, and if they go 0-4, followed by a loss in the Big Ten tournament, a six-game losing streak at the end of the year, I still think the resume is in good enough shape to get in. But also remember, mentioning that game against Tennessee in the first four uh, when they played in Dayton, that was a joke. Yes, Iowa fell apart down the stretch. They should have been in that game. When you look at their resume that season, they should not have been playing in Dayton. That is not supposed to be part of the criteria, how you're playing late. But these are still humans. These, these are still people, men and women inside this room, that absolutely know how a team is playing down the stretch. And because of that, we get some of the things that we happen in that one. The resume, we're in good shape. We're looking good. We're also going to look at the Big Ten tournament. What does Iowa still have to do to get the double buy? A top four seed in the Big Ten tournament, always important. We'll talk about that as we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all those fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, 100% real chocolate. Real chocolate, ooh, so good. And great flavors on top of it. Churro, they got peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, so many I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar, all while maintaining amazing macros. And what's better? They're healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't have to wait around anymore. You can still order your Bilt bars at Bilt.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or at Sam's Club. Head to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sand Club, well, enough with the four-bar box. Let's go 13 bars with their hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. That's Built Bar online, built.com at Walmart and Sam's Club. You can thank me later. We roll through here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day, available wherever you get podcasts. So we're talking about resume here for Iowa. Good shape. We don't need to overreact. We don't need to freak out too much about what's happened, all those things. But the Big Ten tournament is still in front of us. With two weeks to go, let's take a look at this Big Ten tournament. Let's look at right now the way that it's set up and the way that it very well could play out the rest of the way. So there's this great website. It's bball.notnothing.net. Again, bball.notnothing, N-O-T, not, not nothing.net. And what it does, it has every conference out there in college basketball and what you do is you pick who's going to win the remaining games in the conference slate, and then it spits out what the bracket is going to look like for your conference tournament. So first of all, it is set up by Sagarin rating. 
segment rating, one of the analytics out there that measures teams. So you can just hit calculate seeds, and we'll do that right now. So if everything plays out according to plan, this is what happens. Iowa finishes as the number five seed. In fact, tied for fourth place in the standings here. It's Northwestern, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan State, and Illinois all tied. But a breakdown like this. Northwestern, we get the four seed. They have the best round robin record against those teams. They're five and two. Iowa, four and three against the aforementioned teams. So it finishes in the five spot. So it'd be Iowa in the 5-12 matchup or 13 against either Penn State or Ohio State. Then with the win, they get another shot against Northwestern and they'd be in the top half of the bracket with Purdue. So that has them projected to beat Wisconsin, to uh, beat Michigan State, lose to Indiana, and then to beat Nebraska. Now, let's go the other way. Let's hand them a loss. In fact, let's do it for tomorrow night. Just one change, and they go two and two down the stretch. Now, Iowa drops from a five seed in that scenario all the way down to another eight. That means playing Michigan in the first round, and then in the quarterfinals, they get Purdue. That's how crazy this can be. We can also play it the other direction. And you can play around with this. It's kind of fun to see kind of what scenarios need to happen for our team. So let's go back the way that they had it projected. Let's give Northwestern, though, one more loss. They have them losing to Illinois coming up this week. Let's see. What else has Northwestern got here? Got Maryland beating them. Okay, I I agree with that. Uh, Northwestern, Penn State, eh, difficult to give that one to them. Northwestern finishing up here. The Wildcats against Rutgers. Well, see, they don't have have them finishing very well. That's not quite as good. Because we calculate the same thing spits out. Iowa still in the five. We're trying to find that path. Well, how about this? Iowa, let's give them wins there against Wisconsin. Give them a win against Michigan State. A win against Nebraska. And let's just run the table. Well, what does that do to Iowa? Well, then Iowa's the number two seed. <laughs> All the way up to the two seed. It's too convoluted and too jumbled up right now to really make big determining factors the way this is going to look, the way it's going to play out. But you can play around with it again, bball.notnothing.net, one of my favorite websites. And maybe you're a fan of another conference out there. You can play around, kind of see uh, the way that they are set up. It's something that is a little bit entertaining here. What we do know, Iowa, good shape. Just don't fall apart. Don't need another fade. Don't need another collapse down the stretch. Win these games and start tomorrow against Wisconsin. We just... Show those good vibes on the road for the first time. I I think that's going to be a big part. We'll preview that one a little bit more tomorrow. College football is in the news from yesterday. This from Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. As we look forward to the 2023 season, we know that, no, there has not been any major changes in the coaching staff. It's going to be still Brian Ferentz running the offense. All right, we've gone through that and we've said it. So this is interesting, though. There's talk about some new clock rules to speed up the game. Look, we've all been watching games at Kinnick Stadium, whatever it is. The TV breaks are long. They're cumbersome. The Red Hat, one of my former roommates and one of my best friends, he was in my wedding, former Red Hat out there. I'm sure he drew the ire of many of you if you're in Kinnick Stadium. But that's not going to change. All the money that's coming in from TV, we got to get it somewhere back, right? viewership, that means commercials, and that inventory, and people subscribing to their cable service or their streaming service, they have to recoup the money somewhere. So commercials, yes, we can complain about it. They're not going away. They're just not. So complain about it all you want. Come live in reality with me. It's not going away. That's what we have. That's going to happen. So, all right, we continue down that path. Other ways to shorten the game. Now, can you condense halftime down a little bit? 
I know the band directors wouldn't be real pleased about that. Go from 20 minutes, maybe not all the way down to 12 like it is in the NFL. Make it 15. Hey, band's ready. You're out there. Let's go. Make it happen. Maybe have to cut down a song or the performance. Maybe we don't have to hear Thriller for the 40th straight year inside of historic Kinnick Stadium. Maybe, just maybe. That's something that they could do. The band direction hasn't been better here lately. It feels like they have they've opened it up a little bit more. But that aside, cut that down. All right, can cut. But we're talking about just minutes here, right? We need big changes. Well, the simplest change, and one of them that's being talked about, is the clock and the way that it stops after a first down. That's something that's different in the NFL. Now, that's all well and good. In fact, for Iowa, it's probably a better thing. Iowa, you shorten the length of the game, the number of plays that are, that benefits Iowa football. The way that they're built and the way they're going to play, if a team can only run, even if they're running at a quick pace, at 75 plays as opposed to 85 plays, that's huge. That's absolutely huge for Iowa style because we know their style is not going to evolve a whole lot offensively. That's a good thing. These things are pretty good. But here's one of the most idiotic things I've ever heard. The fourth rule proposal that is out there right now. These have not passed. These are just being talked about right now. I want to make that clear. The clock will continue to run after an incomplete pass once the ball is spotted for play. So a guy chucks it deep, incomplete. But once they put the ball back ready for play, play clock's already started. They spot the ball. Say there's 23 seconds left. Clock starts up again. I don't like it. I don't like it. Maybe it's just being old school. I don't know what it is. Go more to the NFL clock model. I'm fine with that. Here's the biggest thing, though, that you can do, not just to shorten the length of these games, as we're talking about at times, going up to four-hour football games. I mean, it's just, it gets longer and longer and longer. And you look at that NFL, and they keep it really just over that three-hour mark. What college football can do is when they go to the booth for review, let's quicken it up. Look, if you don't know the first or second time that you watch a replay, you get a couple of angles, Stick with the call on the field. I mean, that's the easiest thing to do. Instant replay was put in to football and sports in general to make sure you don't have something egregious. You don't have that huge blown opportunity. Now, Don Denkinger in the Royals Cardinals, right? Waterloo guy. Had him on my radio show back in the day a bunch. Loved talking baseball with him, but he blew a call. And it was an easy call. He just blew it. That's what it's a replace for, those ones. But in baseball, seeing that a guy's fingernails slid off the base for a millisecond, ah, he's out. No, that's, that's not the spirit of the rule. Control with the football all the way down and through the process. And, and, oh, I saw a little move there, but did he have control of that move? Did he make that move? No, that, that's not what we're talking about here. Let's simplify things. You get a couple looks at the review, that's it. If you can't tell definitively within a minute, then... You can't change the call. The call on the play, that is something where you can cut down at times, what, 15, 20 minutes out of a game just by that. Send it through review. It's a minute. Everybody's ready to go. They'll make the decision. They'll spot the ball, and let's go. That's how you quicken up the game. Clock still runs after an incompletion. What are you doing here? Let's slow down. Slow down on these crazy rules. Now, there's a couple others that seem pretty easy. No consecutive timeouts icing kickers at the end of the game. I'm fine with that. No longer extending a first or third quarter with an untimed down. Okay, whatever. N again, no big deal how many times that happened in the course of the season. Now, once every two, three years, then you're going to worry about that for your favorite team. You're, yeah, again, these are things that are not real impactful. So let those change, but let's slow down. 
quick and reviews make that better. We'll wrap things up on the other side. A big weekend ahead for Iowa on the hardwood. We talked about Iowa, Wisconsin, followed by Michigan State coming up for the men. The women, they got a big one themselves. A top 10 showdown tonight against the Maryland Terrapins. We'll do that as we continue here. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. If you're out there right now, you're looking to hire for your small business, maybe you're a hiring manager for a big company. LinkedIn Jobs can help you post your job for free and find out all the information you know to find the right candidate. It is something incredibly important as we begin 2023. You want to get off to a good start and LinkedIn Jobs can help you do just that. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College Again, LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions apply. Trent kind of back with you one final time on Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks as always for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. And hey, don't forget about our new podcast as well on College Hoops. It's Locked On College Basketball. Everything that you need to know about college basketball all in one place. The guys are doing a great job with it, breaking things down. Hey, we know Iowa here. We know the Big Ten. I feel like I know college basketball pretty well, but the guys there are doing a great job of filling us in even deeper in what could prove to be one of the most wide-open NCAA tournaments that we've seen in a really long time. Well, the Iowa women tonight, they go back to the hardwood as they go on the road to take on Maryland. So our friends over at FanDuel, they have a point spread out for this one right now. Oh, Iowa is a slight favorite. I was a little bit surprised by that, I'll be honest. Now it's a one and a half point spread. I thought it was going to be Maryland more in that one, one and a half point range, but we're splitting hairs here. Iowa favored on the road against a top 10 team. I mean, it shows you just how far this team has come and this program has come to have a matchup like this and to be able to do what they've been able to do. So it's women's basketball team from Maryland. We saw them, guess what? A week and a half, two weeks back, Iowa ran them out of the gym. I mean, that, that was a dominating performance, but Caitlin Clark at 42, Susano was as efficient as you could possibly be. I mean, she she was so big time in that game. But remember, Iowa, they didn't get a whole lot of scoring outside of that. It was the big three in the game. 42 and 28 for Clark and Susano, respectively. 13 for Hannah Stalke off the bench, who is an absolute stud. She was 5 of 5 from the floor in that game. And then nobody else over four. That's scary. This is a different environment. It's not going to be the same. And Maryland at home, they've been really good this year. This is a solid team. Diamond Miller is worth the price of a mission. All-American candidate, she's going to be really good. Remember, this team also, this season, this Maryland team, went to Notre Dame and won on the road. They took on UConn and won against UConn. We saw that UConn team earlier this year, right? There's been some clunky moments there, but they're really talented. They're really good. Diamond Miller, she is excellent, no doubt about it, but not alone. We saw at times in the game uh, the transfer, uh, Abby, Abby Myers from, from Princeton that came in. I thought she was excellent in that game at times for them. Expect a different team. I, I think this is going to be an incredibly difficult one, but if you can find a way to get the win against this Maryland team, it's going to play physical, and they're going to be grabbing, they're going to be holding, and we talk about that a lot. On the men's side, when you're playing those teams that play that ugly style, 
And that's Maryland. That's what they're going to do. That's what Brenda Freeze teaches. It is that, well, for me, garbage brand of basketball. That's not really basketball. It's rugby. It's a clutching and the grabbing and the holding. And they're at home. And they're going to get a home whistle. Caitlin Clark has overcome it before. And this is going to be another step in that maturation process. Now, what happened at Indiana a little bit ago? Things got away on the road in the second half. Now, can you go and try get your second shot to do it? Because not only you get the win against a top 10 team, but also you set up what Sunday is going to be a chance of getting a regular season title against the Hoosiers. You lose this one, that's out. Hoosiers have already clinched a share, and with another loss, it's going to be over. So you have that still in front of you. Looking forward to it. Should be a really fun one tonight on BTN. We'll recap that one uh, coming up on tomorrow's show. Iowa baseball, huge weekend for them coming up. We'll also talk about that a little bit more as the week continues, including on Saturday against the number one team in college baseball as they'll get their shot against LSU. I wonder if I, has Iowa ever played a number one ranked team? Now, I remember back in the 70s, they made the College World Series, but the rarity that we ever see a Big Ten team ranked even in the top 10, let alone the number one team. I'm sure it's happened before, but anybody got any of that information, hey, give me a shout out. Hit me up on Twitter, at Trent Condon is where you can find me over there. And uh, let me know if I was ever played a number one ranked team in baseball. It'd be an interesting one as they'll get their shot against LSU. Sam Houston State on Friday and Kansas State uh, on Sunday in the sandwich games in between that juicy middle with the Hawkeyes and LSU uh, from down south. That's still coming up, a busy week in front of us. Tomorrow we'll preview more of Iowa-Wisconsin. We will get you ready for that one. Recap, Iowa-Maryland women and dive deeper into things. LaShawn, he's going to join us later in the week. Said he'll be able to stop by on Friday, so we will get a lot of Iowa football talk with him as we approach spring football. Right around the corner, it's going to be here before you know it. We're ready for it here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Again, don't forget about our new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing you everything you need to know on and off the floor in college basketball. Again, Lockdown College Basketball, making your second listen after Lockdown Hawkeyes. Ladies, get it done tonight. Set up that showdown with game day coming to town on Sunday against the Hoosiers, a regular season crown but you have to do it on the road against Maryland. It's going to be a tough one. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.